the nerds take over. Us? Huh? Welcome to this week's edition of Nerdables, where Rich, Mikey, and I will discuss the latest director to leave a Star Wars film, and possibly why, Disney releasing further details about their upcoming streaming service and what it means for your current streaming service, a new director for the X-Force film, and we will quickly discuss the possible bankruptcy of the world's largest toy retailer and the monster box office for a clown. To wrap things up, we will tell you the 10 comic book collections released so far in 2017 that we feel belong in your library. And finally, we will mourn the passing of a comic book legend. Hello, gentlemen. We're down a man. <laughs> Someone's in Vegas. We don't know anything about it because what happens in Vegas. Never know, that's you never know. That's true. You're not going to have that <laughs> one moment where he says something and I die. Too, so. you know, but the thing is, you don't have to worry about Ethan doing something outrageous in Vegas. You know, the what stays in Vegas or what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, no, nah, not for him. See, the joke I thought of originally was telling Mikey he's going to have to pick up Ethan's slack. <laughs> but I didn't. I kind of like screwed it up as I was going through it. That would have been really good. Like, okay, we're down a person. Ethan, <laughs> Mikey, you have to pick up Ethan's slack and then just have silence. <laughs> For like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, the Ethan and Mikey show. It just needs to happen. Just record 40 minutes I just want to see room. if there's listeners for it. Uh, there probably would be more listeners than what we have now. That's probably true. It would be like one of those tracks where you're like, are they going to say something? Yeah. After like five minutes? Oh, I want to keep just, waiting. Just, I don't yeah, know. you just have like you 25 minutes. now and then where it just like keeps... No, you just hear the... <laughs> you start out. You start out. <laughs> Welcome to the Ethan, Ethan and Mikey <laughs> show. Make sure you stay tuned for the entire episode because at some point we're going to give you the word of the day that lets you win a prize. It's not, it's not even that. You <laughs> yeah, just yeah. have the Mikey and Ethan show and you have somebody, you have one of them introduce it and then do what they normally do for a show, which is spend it all on their phones. Yeah. <laughs> Record Whoa, straight 25 minutes. No. So, yeah, but you still are. But he's usually looking up the stuff that we're talking just about. Shoot the, just have the and two of them sit. Never anything because yeah, I just, can never enjoy <laughs> that. So. Just have 25 minutes of silence while they're choking their phones and then say, that was the Ethan and Mikey yeah. show. Join us next week for more of the same. Wait, just, Mikey, you can't get it. certain things like, so this happened today. And <laughs> hey, check it. that out. Yeah. <laughs> just scroll, scroll. Hey, bullet whoa. points, just the entire thing. Well, look at that. Wait, Mikey, you can't get anything to say on a show where Chris and I are both on it? No way. There's 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 so much time in between it's when we're talking believe. that we can give you <laughs> <laughs> Well, we always wanted to do a thing of hand signals and I tried it. You guys are just like, well, fuck that. Yeah, Dude, Mikey doesn't Mikey already. doesn't two care of the enough. Same personalities against two of the other same personalities. <laughs> it's quite different. <laughs> Mikey doesn't want to do a hand signal. <laughs> you know if I'd have Ethan and you have the same personality. They're pretty close. Mm. Oh, they're pretty close. No, because Mikey's more adventurous than Ethan is. Okay, I'll give you that. that. Yes, but just in the terms output of conversational term- yes. personalities. Yes, they're they're both. Well, very... the other difference is that Ethan will talk through an entire TV series or movie, and you'll be fairly quiet. <sighs> Mikey does it too sometimes. I think it Mikey depends. does it because the two of you do it. I do it when I'm around you guys because it's just if we see, if we're watching something for the millionth of time. Who cares? Right. Or yes. if it becomes something that's like, well, this episode sucks. Yeah. So it's all right to talk because nothing's really happening. Yeah. And then and there'll be points really like said. during even during Game of Thrones, there'll be times where there's just nothing being said or, you know, and somebody yeah, will I, say look, something. I understand the tension and all. And you're supposed to be in the moment of the episode. But I'm that at home. I don't, <laughs> really care. I don't care about here. He likes to talk when there's people around. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't watch TV with you guys. At least nothing new. I saw Baywatch. Wow. 
Beth, Beth wanted. Let's, let's not start that conversation again. <laughs> I really don't think you want to start that conversation again. Ah, oh. <laughs> so Friday, I had a friend come into the now store. Now he's going to start the conversation. No, no, no. It's just it, because of that episode. Friday, I had a friend come into the store. Him and his girlfriend actually listened to the show. And his wow, girlfriend really? was talking about that show. She's like, I listened to the last one. I was like, what, which, one, which one is the last one to you? And she's the one where you make fun of that guy for watching all those crappy movies all the time. <laughs> As, yeah, that was the last episode. She's like, oh my god, why would you see Suicide Squad more than once? Why would you even see it once? What the hell is wrong with him? Like, Preaching to the choir, sister. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what did I... I've watched... Uh, I figured it out. I've watched uh, First Night... Or the, uh, uh, Jesus. Not First Night. <laughs> that was a horrible movie. But the, you've seen it a Richard, couple times. The Richard Gere movie the, where he's King Arthur? No. Yes, I watched um, that because Eric's girlfriend at the time wanted to see that movie. And I'm like, this movie is going to be terrible. Yeah, A Knight's Tale. I've seen that movie. I bet you I've seen that movie. Knight's Tale's a good film. I've seen it twice. I've seen that movie probably almost as much as I've seen Star Wars. No, I take that back. Not as much, but it's probably the, the second is highest it, movie. Is it the choreographed dancing scene in the middle? Is that what gets you? You have to watch that over and over No, again? I just love the whole changing your stars and everything. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And I love Heath Ledger. I mean, if the yeah, boy, the, the ending of the DACA program must have killed you. <laughs> I'm a dreamer. <laughs> Anything with Trump kills me. Uh, so, anyways, anyways, we have a uh, show to do. Let's get into the news for the week. On Tuesday, Lucasfilm made the following statement in regards to the upcoming and still untitled Star Wars Episode Nine. "Quote: Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways on Star Wars Episode Nine." Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we have all come to the conclusion that our visions for this project differ. We wish Colin the best, and we'll be sharing more information about the film soon. End quote. It is funny to look at that statement. Go back and look at the statement for it's Lord, the and they, it's almost the exact same statement oh, yeah. when they fired the Han Solo director. Chavara uh, was announced as the director of Episode Nine all the way back in 2015, before even The Force Awakens was released. And just after the monster success of his Jurassic World film, which came in second that year with something like $1.6 billion or something. Yeah, it was worldwide. really close behind. Uh, after the split was announced, rumors immediately sprung up as to reasons why. The first strong reasoning seemed to revolve around continuing script issues between the director and Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy. Just about a month ago, Jack Thorne was hired to help rewrite Trevorrow's script, which was co-written by his writing partner Derek Connolly. Even Lucasfilm's uh, statement seems to imply that Trevorrow's script was not what Kennedy and company were looking for. Further statements from LFL uh, seem to confirm as well. But a few days ago, a new report from Vulture.com says that a source with inside knowledge about the productions of both Jurassic World and the Book of Henry, which was a small project that uh, Trevorrow did after Jurassic World and was a critical and commercial bomb, uh, said Lucasfilm may have fired him because he was, quote-unquote, difficult to work with. Trevorrow reportedly, quote, focused a great deal of his creative energies on asserting his opinion during the production of Jurassic World, end quote. And since he was personally hired by Steven Spielberg, no one could drop him from the project. Following that film's incredible success, the director decided to helm the book of Henry and was reportedly unbearable while doing the film. The Vulture article source quotes, he had an egotistical point of view and he was always asserting that, end quote. Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy wouldn't put up with that type of personality. According to the film producer who's worked with the studio head, that producer, if you uh, quote, if you rub Kathleen Kennedy the wrong way in any way, you're out, you're done. Ooh, baby. A lot of these young new directors want to come in and say, I want to do this, I want to do that. A lot of these guys, Lord Miller, Controvo, those type of guys got very rich very fast, believed a lot of their own hype, and they don't want to play by the rules, end quote. The source notes it's something that Kennedy does not tolerate. The move follows the firing of Lord Miller from the upcoming Han Solo film just a few weeks ago. 
And, of course, the immediate, dis- immediate dismissal of Josh Trank from a potential future standalone film all the way back in 2015. Mm-hmm. As of now, Star Wars Episode Nine is still scheduled for a May 2019 release. No further word on who will direct the film. No further word on if the new script is one that she personally approves. So well, production doesn't even begin until next correct. year. Um, or I should say, I should say, uh, principal photography. Yeah, I mean, obviously production's going, right? They, but they don't. If they don't have a script, then they can't start the other things of you know, design stuff or whatever. He was he, apparently on Jurassic World. He was a lot of trouble too. It said he's trouble, but it's every egotistical. Dire- it's every new director, though, that's. I think it's every director. They're, they're going to be like that. It's their vision. And their producers are going to poo-poo on most, a lot of their visions, though, too. Do you think the that... Thing with, the, the thing with saying he's egotistical is, like, don't you kind of have to be egotistical if you're a director of a major motion picture? You're the boss. Especially if you're, right, or you've, yeah, you've written it. That you've given... You've been given a couple hundred million dollars to make? Yeah. Um, well, see, here's... I think here's the problem that Lucasfilm is, is having is... They're allowing a lot of these directors to write the films as well. This is my And point. I think that's where they're coming over the problem. Because even with J.J. writing the film... Well, remember, this, this kind of coming into this, and, and when the Vulture Report came out, as I heard people talking about it, and they said, well, it's not the script, it was just him. Said, right. But it is the script. They've, Lucasfilm admitted that it was the script. That Kennedy's vision for what that script is supposed to be, and Trevorrow's vision for what that script is supposed to be, were not... Um, uh, we're not copacetic. Right. Let's also remember the first script writer for episode seven was Michael Arntz, Arntz, whatever, who wrote Toy Story. Arnt. Remember, he was fired yep. when J.J. Abrams came in. We've heard a lot of stories that Ryan Johnson had to rewrite episode eight once J.J. Abrams rewrote episode seven because Ryan Johnson's initial treatment for episode eight was based off of Arntz's script, which was thrown out. Right. Uh, we have. Gareth Edwards, who's a story creator for Rogue One. Tony Gilroy writes the script. They have to do major reshoots. You have Lord and, and Miller, who are supposedly going off script, or whatever those those rumors were for the Han Solo film, and scripting stuff on the fly that Lawrence Kasdan had a problem with. Well, they, they were, were improv- Yeah, they were doing improv. Yeah, which basically is rewriting your own script. Yeah. If Kathleen Kennedy has a vision for that script, hire a script writer, yeah. and then find a director that'll do it. But... Lucasfilm has said, we want the director's vision to be what's there. No, you don't. You want the director to come in and serve Star Wars, which is fine, but that needs to be up front. There is an article about, Ryan Johnson said a bunch of stuff about the creative freedom he was given on on episode eight. I saw it too late to really read it before here, but I wanted to look at that and see what he said, because now the, 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 the leading candidate for directing episode nine seems to be Ryan Johnson, but... Who knows? George we'll get to Lucas. We'll, no, we'll get to that later. Because there's one more point that I wanted to bring up. But there's one... Hold on, on. There's one more point in terms of scripts of what we wanted to bring up. When Trevorrow wrote episode nine, Carrie Fisher was still alive. Yes. So the rewriting of the script is partially forced by the fact that Carrie Fisher will not be in episode nine. His vision of what the character of Princess Leia, or General Leia, how... The reasoning she wouldn't be in nine may not mesh with Kathleen Kennedy's reason that she wouldn't be in nine, and maybe that's part of the reason that she they can't come. I can see that. I can see that. But going back to Rogue One, to be fair, their reshoots weren't due to problems with the the footage initial that they script. shot. The initial no. script is because they were given 
freedom to go even further than what they were. The script worked as a script when they saw it as a filmed movie. They wanted more. Right. And, and, but and they I mean, were allowed yeah, I'm not to saying go it was a rewrite of the script of them going, hey, we just threw this away. And I think it's important to point out, Gareth Edwards didn't write the script. Correct. He wrote the treatment and came up with part of the story for it. Right. But Tony it wasn't Gilroy, in the Tony same. Tony Gilroy, I think, is the script writer for it, isn't and he? And Kasdan, isn't he? I think so, yeah. I think it's the two of them. But, I mean, it's not in the same vein as Han Solo no. and Episode 8. Or, excuse me, 9. This that I, I just wanted to make sure that was pointed out because the, while there was issues on Rogue One, which there, you know, there were issues with as far as... Uh, the, com- the, issues the are composer and the things issues like that. are different than the Han Solo issues, which are different than the Episode Nine issues. Correct. All three of these supposed issues, as but the all dog, four as films, the dog is very thirsty. Yeah, all four films had issues because we did have you know we had a writer fired immediately on J.J. Abrams. Yeah, and I think a lot of people forget that is right. that you know we covered it here when Arntz was first fired from yep. it, or they weren't going with his script or whatever, and that was apparently because when you hire J.J., he's like, well, I'm going to write it, right. And, and then I whatever. think at that point it's when they went, okay, well, we'll let these directors write their own scripts and stuff. And I think now they're going, wait. It's kind of the same thing with Marvel where you you can write your script, but you still have to stay within the framework of what we do. The, it, it seems like the story consideration is Lucasfilms or, in Marvel's case, Marvel. And right. then the director can write a specific script based off of almost an outline. That seems yeah. to be part of it. Depends on how much they give. And again, I wish I had read the Ryan Johnson interview or article or whatever because it'd be interesting to see where we've talked about what the russo brothers did and able to go in and do winter soldier based Mm -hmm. off of you gotta you gotta hit these points right all this has to be here and it was successful enough that marvel went to them and said hey if we were to give you avengers what would you we do this we like that let's do that and while you're at it go ahead and do civil war for us that was part of their vision yeah they 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 put out with already doing civil war they said well this is what our civil war would look like and this is what our two Avengers films would look like. And Marvel responded to that. Which we actually have changed a lot the arc for some of the yeah. other films as well. When you have these franchises that are talking about, we want to bring in directors, we want their visions or whatever. DC said this. Remember, we were talking about this with the DC ones. Where the president of DC Films was like, we hire directors so that their vision can be accomplished. And I said, well, that's a cop-out. You've had four films, and two of them directed by Zack Snyder. Right. And then you have Suicide Squad, which is a disaster, you know, was produced by him. And then the Wonder Woman, which I still contend was half-directed by Zack Snyder. He was, he's still the producer on it. Yeah. So the George Lucas thing is hilarious. I saw that where someone started, like, petitions and stuff to get George yeah. Lucas episode 9. And I want—I screamed at the internet so loud. I said, "You have been bashing this guy for twenty years about how terrible the prequels are. So bad, they're the worst things that's ever happened." And George the people Lucas that ruined my childhood. And now you want him back. You know what? All of you, shut up. But F- these are the same people home. that will disavow the prequels. Exactly. And I'm like, why are you asking George Lucas? And then you have the clickbait articles that have just started. George Lucas says he wants to direct Episode Nine, and you click into it. It's George Lucas thirty years ago said he wanted to do nine films. Yeah, he has no interest in doing George this. George Lucas wants to direct the very last Star Wars film. Yeah, and it's not, not going to be the last Star Wars film. That you guys film. basically forced him out. You're like, yeah, I'm going to sell this stuff now. Well, what, what Lucas did, they he had a treatment or they asked him for a treatment or whatever for before episode yeah. seven. Like, if you were to do seven, eight, nine, what would it be? Yeah. Or what and was your went, vision for it? He went way in the future. He went Star Wars legacy comic thing where we yeah. have the grandson yeah. or great-grandson of Skywalker, and that's it. Yeah. None of the original characters can be in it. All that thrown... And, 
Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy said we don't want that. We but they, there's no way we'd be able to do that necessarily. But they went well, back. They, they could have easily. They, they didn't want to. No one's gonna mainstream wise. No, but they went back to his original idea of what you know. He told Mark Hamill around the same time of Jedi is, hey, I want you to come back. I want to do another film with you as Luke Skywalker, but I want to do it when you're the age of Obi-Wan in the first film. Yeah. You know, We'll be working together in probably 2014. And that's where a lot of that, yeah. that clickbait stuff that he wants to direct Episode Nine yeah. comes from. He hasn't made any statement one way or the other whether he wants to direct Episode Nine. He's not going to direct Episode Nine. But I love so, – the things that I love is, is I had one of the guys on my Facebook page say – well, now they've opened the doors that Darren Aronofsky can do it. I'm like, he's not going to do the last episode of a trilogy. Are you but out of your mind? J.J. Abrams is coming back he, to do it. They would never allow his vision of Exactly. Episode I was like, oh, why is Aronofsky? he going to compromise? They said the same thing about Christopher Nolan can do it. I was like, Nolan is not going to do the end of a trilogy that has to at least have some tendrils connected to eight and seven. Yeah. I could see Ryan Johnson. I could see Ryan Johnson, but I think Lucasfilm really wants three different directors for it. Fairly Let noted. Gareth Edwards do it. I wouldn't mind that at all. Wachowski's. Yeah. <laughs> Wachowski's still even working? I don't know what they're doing right now. Are they still talking, talking to each other? Are they still Wachowski's? I don't think they are. Wachowski's. But I don't think they're talking to each other. I thought they broke up. I mean, yeah, broke they, up, but as a, as yeah, a, yeah, as a, as a team, they broke up. As a creative team. I thought so. like what happened to Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning that barely talk to each other anymore. Yeah. No, I I think Ryan Johnson is probably the first choice, considering he just Ryan did. Johnson's the easiest choice, and I don't think they'll announce anybody at this point. Why announce anybody before episode eight comes Correct. out? Correct. Correct. See what happens with eight, and if people really love eight, then maybe you do Ryan Johnson. It's the same thing with Justice League. You don't announce the new Batman before you have a movie coming. They've out. already announced the new Batman. You saw that picture <laughs> of the, the five of them at the table that we put through. Ben Affleck just looks like someone just killed his mom. I, I love that there. The was there only there was only Flash was the only one sitting underneath his picture. No, Wonder he? Woman was. Was she? Because she's no, in the she center. wasn't. Oh no! Yeah, Batman, Batman was Batman in the center. And, yeah, that's uh, right. I don't think any of them were under their picture. I thought Flash was. No, Flash was. Flash was. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, everybody else switched. was. was <laughs> I love it. But I love so, somebody. Put, was it you? But they're not even trying anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just like. No, that was uh, I think Travis because he was the first one to put the picture or whatever. Oh, was he? Like, they're not even trying. Mm. And Ben Affleck in the middle. Well, Gal Gadot's in the middle, and she's super smiling and yeah. beautiful and everything. And. The guy who plays Flash and the guy who plays Cy- uh, Cyborg, Cyborg is all like, yeah, what's up? You know, this yeah. is cool. And then Ben Affleck's just sitting there like he's being deposed for a divorce hearing. It's like, what is I this? I told you, he's Batman. He's brooding. No, he's. I'm not <laughs> Batman. I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. God, when can the Justice League open well, so I can like be he, done with this? Well, yeah, that's a lot of PR that he has to do. And yeah, dude. There's a lot of PR before the movie's even getting close to. Because yeah, usually you already the, did one. You yeah. Have, well, I remember the movie's only for, three months away. But you yeah. do your press. Away. You usually do your press junk at the month of. Yeah, but you're still already doing yeah. stuff for it with something like that. Episode nine. On so knowing the knowing the restrictions, you kind of you kind of have to have. You can't have someone like Darren Aronofsky do it. Sure. Who are you picking, Gareth Edwards? Like, if it's up to you, if Kathleen Kennedy comes to you and says, "We're going to write the script first. I think either you, you go with Gareth Edwards or Rain Johnson. Woody Allen. Who, why Rain? Or Rain, Johnson? not Rain Johnson. <laughs> Woody Ray Johnson. Allen? <laughs> Woody Allen would be very interesting. Oh God! Could you... Okay, so uh... <laughs> Ryan Johnson is what I, I meant Martin to say. Martin Short doing Ed Brimley. <laughs> oh, oh, the force I must say. <laughs> I don't know if I can lift this rock. Oh God! I'd, I'd be interesting to have Gareth Edwards be the first director to do two films in the new era. 
but not do two trilogy films. Look, they already have the script written. It's Return of the Jedi. Because, you know, they did A New Hope. Now this is supposed to be Empire with Episode Eight. Ooh, I had I had someone get really pissed off when I pointed that out at work this week. Did you really? When I pushed the, pe- the pieces, it's not going to be Empire. They already said it's going to be different. I'm like, no, they said it's going to be the same. <laughs> Why does that worry you? And I'm like, because I want something different. I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm like, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I want I want something different. Total, total aside, total tangent, but still related to Star Wars. We were talking about Han Solo film last night when yes. I was at the bowl with Melissa. Okay. And I said, you know what I really wish they would have done? Because she saw a movie with the – who's who's the actor who plays Han Solo? It's El, El, Eldrick? El, something Adrian, like that. Yeah, he, he was whatever. in Hail Caesar. He was in Hail Caesar, and he's in something else that Melissa watched Friday or Thursday. She said he's terrible in it. Oh, he's terrible in the he's Inhale Caesar. So I said, but, and I st- she said she's terrible. And I said, yeah, but it, Donald Glover's going to play Lando. And that's, you know what they should have done? You know what would have been better? Flip it. Have, make the Lando movie. Yeah. Because you have a character that people know that is a major part of two of the films. But he's only in a film and a third. Well, people Hold know, on, but they don't know. That's what I'm saying is his story is less iconic. So right. you can play with him. You've already had him in Rebels. Yeah. So we've been able to explore that character there. So what if you did that film? He has the Millennium Falcon, so it's pre-losing it in the Sabbath game. He's had a comic book series. He's had books mm-hmm. uh, before. He is a flip of a coin of Han Solo. They're in the same sure. career. They're in the same stuff. But it's just different. You get to have the cape. He's going to have the cape. You have, get a, to have a, you have a You have a strong actor who yeah. people love. Yep. And yes, you get the iconic Falcon, and it doesn't feel out of place. You could even make it shinier. Yeah. It doesn't have to look like such a piece of junk. And as I'm saying, she's kind of tilting her head and is like, yeah, that would have been enough. Good. In my head, I'm going, I wish we could go back in time. <laughs> that would be – wouldn't that film be more exciting? Yes. I would be more excited for that than the Han Solo film, to be honest. Especially because, the actor. Yeah. Because you, not only because of the actor, but also you're like, I don't want to I, – I have three films with Han Solo. Yeah. You have four. Yeah. yeah. Well – yeah. Is that really Han Solo? <laughs> I can't tell because I can't. I can't understand what he's saying. Jimmy, we're home. he's he's good in four. He's no, better he's... in four than he was in Indy four. Yeah. Um, but I just like. Oh, I think they missed. I think an they opportunity missed. Here. I was just gonna say. That. I think they missed an opportunity. And that I think you could have gone a little more visionary and and off the rails. Because let's unquote, face it. Because it's Lando. But Han Solo, the Han Solo film is going to be a buddy film with Han and Lando. Yeah. So you just switch the roles. Not even that. I mean, I mean, Han's not in it, unless you Han's in it at the very end, and, and you see how he loses the Falcon to Han. I think like it, that's the bonus scene, almost in a I way. I think you could do it. I mean, you wouldn't have as much Han as you would in the Han. That's Solo the film. only Han I'd have. I would do a Lando story, because people know who Lando is. Yeah, it could be interesting because again, it's a caper film, it's a heist film, it's a smuggling film, it's an on the run film. The space pimp. Yeah. You get to have you get to have cool spaceships and beautiful women, the human or otherwise. You get a suave, sophisticated, cunning dude who's a lot of fun. You get to have all the characters that you all the original characters you have in Han Solo could probably exist in a Lando film. Yeah. And then you give fans kind of what they've been looking for is the Sabbath game against Han as he loses it. Uh-huh. Whether it's a part of the plot or not. Or as it's they're just drinking the extra Space Court, Colt 45. That would have been so much better if I didn't. Oh! oh! I already had one earlier. You did? You'll have to did go you? through it. Yeah, right in the beginning. So there you go. That. It's there. Anyway. 
Damn. Yeah. They did it again. Well, they don't care about your ideas, so. They should. <laughs> they wrote a whole bunch of stuff for Fox a, like two years there's ago. There's been a lot of good stuff that we've come up with. Uh, let's stay in the Disney family. On Thursday, Disney CEO Bob Iger gave out further details regarding their upcoming streaming service, confirming that all Star Wars and Marvel titles will be housed exclusively on the new Disney service. A quote, I have described a very rich treasure trove of content for this app. We're going to launch big and we're going to launch hot. Iger continued saying that four or five original Disney series, as many as four original Disney films, and the existing Disney television library would also be on the service as well. This was kind of a dub, but as people said when it first hit last week or whatever, the week before when they announced they were going to do this, a lot of fans were confused as to whether Marvel would go there or whether yeah. uh, Star well, we Wars would go there. We talked about it here, and and... The thing that, that more than anything that interests me there is the idea that says, you know, we're going to launch big and we're going to launch hot or whatever. They have a gigantic trove of stuff, mm-hmm. obviously. And know. people are going to go to it because it's Disney. Yeah. But if you launch with a third of your library, that to me isn't enough if they're going to charge you four fifteen bucks no. a month. If they put – because right now none of the trilogy films are streaming. Correct. So if you launch with all, at that point, eight trilogy films – that's where the premiere of the Han Solo film streams. Yes. Rogue One, that'll be the only place it's available because it'll be taken off of Netflix. Clone Wars, Tartakovsky's Clone Wars, Rebels, and let's go even farther, Droids, Ewoks, Ewoks. and the terrible Ewoks TV movies. Uh-huh. You put all of that at once in addition to everything else that Disney has. Because if they're going to treat the Disney films like they do with DVDs in terms of the back of the vault... That to me is not yeah. like what's well, then the point? The whole vault then you do, be open, then. yeah. Then you have to do all of the Marvel films too. Exactly, because then again we have Marvel films all over the place. You have Netflix that has Iron Man two, but doesn't have Iron Man or Iron Man three. Like that, they have true. Iron Man two, but not three. Yep, they have Iron Man two. I thought two was on Epics. Nope, two is the only one because that's how I watched it. That time that one, I started texting you and saying this is terrible because Captain America and Iron Man one. And I think Thor were only on available on Epics. Thor was on Thor, I think, was on Netflix as well for a while. It may not be there now. See, but I, anyway, it's it's woefully incomplete. Newer stuff is there. Civil War, Doctor Strange have both been on there. Right. Um, but you go f- before that. No Hulk. No original Iron Man. No original Cap. No Civil War. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, no Avengers Cap was on there. Avengers was on. Not on there anymore. Avengers Two is not on there. O- almost everything that the the bigger After films they've that done they put run. through. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing. Netflix has like four Marvel films, and that's it. I don't even think Ant Man's on there. No. Well, see, they had Doctor Who and all that there for a long time too, and then yeah. that went to uh, Amazon because BBC made a deal with Amazon. Right. If they launch with everything, all the the classic Disney films, the Disney Renaissance films, starting with Aladdin or Little Mermaid going forward, all the Pixar films, all the Marvel titles, all the Star Wars stuff that they have, plus all the live action films that, you know, you go back and look at the ones in the 60s and the 70s and they'll scare the little living daylights out of you. Bug. Um, Cat from Outer Space. What if they put it in, you know, oh, if they put oh, in God, all the yeah. Disney Hour ones? Yeah. You have all those Disney series. Original DuckTales. Tailspin. Yeah. Darkwing all Duck. Old Cal- KCAL 9 stuff. All that stuff. Put oh, all that God. on there. I'd, be, I'd never Hour. leave that stuff. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you do that and you say it's 15 bucks a month, more expensive than Netflix, I'm still in. But if you go... We're going to give you Rogue One and Han Solo, but we're not going to stream any of the trilogy films. You don't get any saga. Yeah. We're not going to give you... We'll, we'll put Rebels on there, but we're not putting Clone Wars on there. 
We're not going to give you any of the old Star Wars stuff. We're going to give you Beauty and the Beast uh, 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 animated, and one other, we'll give you a Hunchback of Notre Dame. But we're not giving you Little Mermaid. We're not giving you Aladdin. We're not giving you Lion King. It's what are they going to choose if, if this is the focus of what they're going to do? Because their DVD sales are going to tank right. when they do it. I think and DVD sales are already tanking. If they, if they are, then they wouldn't be releasing Lion King as a 25th anniversary Blu-ray. I'd say they'll always I, still do that. Yeah. But just because to get an anniversary that extra sale, they're not yeah. really making Because not everybody it, but... has that, that streaming. Yeah. But that's the, the question to me, and it, of course now original as well, is the question that everyone was asking, and Melissa asked this last night because we talked about the Netflix series, where we said we didn't think it was going to go because it's Netflix, but it is produced by by Marvel, as you said, like yeah. a Marvel's TV company. So that one is still, to me, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, that to here's the thing: produced under the Netflix. Well, no, that what's produced or... under Netflix it's, could go. No, it's I know, not. It's not actually produced by Netflix. It's, it's like or distributed. It's only distributed. See, yeah. here's the thing: um, Universal now has a new kids station on uh, on Directv. It's where Sprout is in the, but it comes in the evening. They are showing all of the. DreamWorks shows that were produced, the animated shows mm. that were produced only for Netflix. So there's the the King Julian, the uh, yeah, How I Met Your, on, or, it depends how on I met your what Dragon. The deal is wow, How I Met Your Dragon. <laughs> the You're the one. On one. Uh, the only thing I haven't seen on there show? yet is Puss in Boots, and that's because it, it's they still going. It's still going. They still have a few still, more yeah. uh, so blocks to release in terms of distribution. Yes. So if the distribution deal runs out, maybe that goes there. And that's a, I said, it could the end reason up being that like, Netflix is producing original content for their channel is yes, in two years they're not going to have anything on there. Right, nothing I mean, left. Well, then well, those see, season threes of like Daredevil or Jessica Jones or Luke Cage would go to Disney to streaming. Disney. Yeah, if so, that's what they so you would anything. you would have you would. It have, depends on what that contract is. We don't well, even yeah, know. No, I mean, I if, know. if Netflix has distribution rights in in perpetuity, then ne- well, Disney would have to buy out those contracts. Correct. That's what which they could did be, with... which they could do. Netflix may say, you know, we'll go make other original content, and the money we're going to use is the money that Disney's going to do give us to buy out yeah. those contracts. Right. It depends on what they want to do. Well, that's what that's what Disney did with Marvel with Paramount. Yeah, and even I think Indiana Jones. They... That's the other thing that needs to be there. Well, you also have Young Indiana Jones. They have got to find a way to get Young. Then Indiana you put Jones. Willow. You put um... who's looking for? Oh my God! <laughs> come on! Yeah. I... I Willow. I know you love Ewoks. Oh, uh, Willow was a great. No, I movie. loved it, dude. The first time I saw Willow, I fell in love with Joanne Whaley so much. Oh, just this beautiful creature. And then she married Val Kilmer, and then he got fat. <laughs> the original got, content thing is, but medical group. <laughs> if you, you open, fat so we can play Mark Twain. If you open this with an original Star Wars, an original Marvel series, and that's what's going to push it. I mean, oh. look what look what uh, Warner Brothers is doing for its app. You're using Young Justice season three and the Teen Titans live mm-hmm. action to to launch that cbs all access is launching or trying to get people to, to get into it very for star trek versus with star trek whatever the next star wars cartoon is it's here yes i think when rebels ends we're not going to see a cartoon for two years Ooh, i think that's tough though but that's the thing is if you if you wet that appetite if you because it's not like star wars is going away People are still going to want a Star Wars cartoon. Yeah, but I, Disney, Disney XD, and Disney. And remember, it's they, only they're gonna not going to do away with their be, channel stuff. But if it's going to be, so you'll you'll have it you on premiere both. It. That's the thing. You're not going to put yeah. it on both at the same time. You're going to premiere it on your streaming service. You'll, you'd be because a so many behind. TVs and so many satellite cable systems 
include that sort of thing or you can put that app right on your TV or whatever. You have Netflix right on your yeah, TV. Like, you don't have to go through a Roku or whatever, right? See, I could see him doing – remember the, the damage control that Marvel wanted to do for ABC and ABC said no. I could see them doing that on there. What I would see them do – Because Marvel what, really what I wanted think you to would do see, that. I, I think you have – Rebels ends in the middle of 2018. We have a full yes. season. This streaming service is a little over a year away from that. Mm-hmm. Don't put anything on the air for a year. And you start on the streaming service. Whatever the next Star Wars cartoon is, you start on the streaming service. And then in the summer of the next year, which is now 2020, in which you may not have a movie, you premiere that on the over-the-air channels. You can do whatever you want with it. I could I could see him doing that where you... That's you a long s- time between... First airing it on the streaming and then onto the air. Like but you said, not not. I can want people to go. Streaming, you can't launch that service without no, an original content that you can't get somewhere else. I'm and not why it you doesn't go on there? While but. you may not, but if you put it on the, if you put it on TV, what's the point of buying the streaming service? I could see him doing it because what's the on the streaming, streaming service? service? What's on the streaming service? The moment that it starts that you haven't watched already that you couldn't have found in other places. Original content. If you have a Marvel series. If you have the new Marvel cartoon and you have the new Disney Star Wars, the new Star Wars cartoon, at launch, that's fifteen dollars. Well, that's that, telling you're telling mom and dad you got to buy this because the three series that your kids going to want to watch are on that service and that nowhere else. That original content stuff is what made Netflix streaming and made Amazon Prime streaming more more enticing than just oh I get to watch my yeah. movies here. You know, because I mean, at that point, when when Orange is the New Black and uh, and um, oh god, the Kevin Spacey one, um, House of Cards, House of Cards, when those first started coming out, you know, Netflix was still doing their their Just DVD movies, sales yeah. and everything, or yeah. rental, rentals. Then all of a sudden, they, they made a big shift to to yeah, because streaming. that's the future. Disney's smart enough to realize that they can't launch the app without original content, and that's those the three easy things to do. Going down the road. My, they're never going to do a live-action Star Wars series. I now take that back. Yeah. It's unlikely, but I could see them using that as the enticement. I could because s- you can also do whatever you want to do. You're not beholden to HBO, Showtime, AMC, Disney XD, whatever. You're whatever not beholden you to your dis- distribution And you can channel. make six episodes. Yeah. We make six episodes mm-hmm. of the Boba Fett show. No, I... No, you know, I, whatever. As soon as they announced that Star Wars was going, I went, there's your live-action show. Actually, I can see now that I think... In thinking about it, because Transparent is actually now being shown on AMC or something yeah. on a regular cable channel. What they here's do the is... fun part with it: you can stream it on your on your app. Yeah, you can sell it in syndication. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple shows that are being and done. there's DVD sales. They, all the Marvel TV series have been released on DVD for people that don't want to pay for the app. Yeah. So. I'm not saying it's never going to be there, but to put it on Disney XD at the same time it's on streaming, oh, never what's the no, point? No, no, no. You, you put it on the streaming, and then when your season two starts up on the streaming, that's when you release season yeah. one on Disney XD. Because here's yeah. the thing. If you release it on Disney XD, now people are going to go, wait, I didn't watch this on streaming. Oh, this is really good. I wanted, I, I've that's just finished you're, you're season one. People run I'm going to go it. to it. You're hoping people will run into it when yeah. it's to on get, over the but air. But the other so thing is... Get caught up so that they can go into the streaming. With the Disney streaming... The season or whatever. With the Disney streaming, though, if you're showing the six, the you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s movies, that stuff that's no longer available on DVD, the only thing you can find it is in some, you know, Goodwill Bert's on VHS. Yeah, or, or something, you know, on VHS. Burt's Pharmacy. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's something like that where they've never released it on DVD... 
now you know like all the Herbie stuff. You know, like I I'd said, it'd be awesome to see the old Disney cartoons, even like the old World War II Bed Knob and Broomsticks, yeah. The stuff. There you the go. Put, you can put Song the of the Book? South on there too. Yeah. If they really, that's all that to me has to be there to make yeah. that service worth it. And it's something where you're throwing so much content on at launch that you're telling people it's going to take you a year to get through this. Yeah. I don't think you can really. I, I know what you're saying though. You've got to have it all on there on launch in or order they can to get it people month to month. Like they okay, can. We'll, we'll dump a, the treasures. But this that's month the thing. And... If you launch it with everything. Again, when you're somebody like Disney that's got so much content, yeah. so much content that people want, they're not going to go through it two weeks and then cancel the service. It yeah, just yeah. isn't happening. Yeah. It's not going to be, just I buy HBO for two months deal. because I'm watching Game of Thrones and then I turn it off. Yeah. It's, I came because I'm a Star Wars fan and I want to watch the new cartoon. I'm a Marvel fan and I want to watch the new series. I want to be able to watch all the Marvel movies that I didn't buy on DVD because DVDs are terrible investments now. And then next month I'm like, oh yeah. All the Donald Duck cartoons are on here. I'm going to watch all of those. And then the next month, I'm going, there's like six seasons of DuckTales. I'm going to go through that. Oh, Tailspin? I haven't seen Tailspin in 20 years. I'll watch that. Click. It's... You do all the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. Because they have a new Mickey Mouse Club coming out. You have everything. You have Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, I saw that new one. Actually, it's Club Mickey Mouse. Club Mouse. (laughs) That's just... Yeah. (laughs) DJ Mickey. <laughs> well, the reason the reason they're doing that is because they have the Mickey Mouse Club on Disney Junior. It's all an animated thing. Yeah, no, I know. So this one is. I'm surprised they're still doing that. But well, yeah, I was surprised they brought like, the, new I, episodes. But Beth was like, "Look at this!" I'm like, oh, jeez. Well, every 20, 30 years, they decide to bring it back. Got to get that the new uh, crew of no, singer songwriters and dancers for pop groups. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only time they've ever done it where more than one person was successful doing anything else. Probably. Yeah, out of the original. At Frank Yablon. Yeah. yeah. Out of those two. Give well, me, there were, there were, who else is in it? Come on. Come on. God, I can't remember that. Yeah. And then but I know were, they've done it since they did name me Brittany one and thing. Justin and Well see they <laughs> go, 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 But they made go, their mistake go. with them at first. There's one thing with, with <laughs> They tried to they tried to guitars. do it before them. The generation that when they did the new Mickey Mouse Club, you know they started out with a group that they tried to do where they had Hollywood Records. They had one they called the Party, which was like the original first five people they had ever had on the new Mickey Mouse Club, mm-hmm. and it was a horrible train wreck. They had that terrible theme song that. And but did. that's we when like and then the then you started having we like we like really? the party. No, oh yeah, no. <laughs> that was much much later. <laughs> well, they, no, they they had they had some that were um, that went on to do some soap operas and things like that, but then. It wasn't until you had Carrie Russell and, and oh. all of them. You know, Carrie Russell was, she was on the, I think at the, what imagine the same time beginning of the nineties. No, before she, them, she was when she came on. She was like twelve, I think. Like what Britney was when Carrie Russell was like in the graduating class when Britney came yeah, on yeah. to them, and then you had that whole explosion of, you know, and Disney didn't have any of them signed to post contracts. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, but then they did that. With, that's why you had yeah because Disney wouldn't let. <laughs> the reason that Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera got so popular is all a bunch of stuff that Disney at the time would have never let them. Do. Sure, they would have never let. What's your first video? Uh huh. You're 17, schoolgirl, <laughs> tied at the waist. What do you? Yeah, go for it. We're <laughs> Disney. No way. It's just gonna be no, no, no. You're gonna be in a nun's outfit. 
You're gonna have your hands up here, like, "Oh, Jesus loves me." No, but then when they got to Hillary Duff and everybody, they signed him on for those extra things. Yeah, and then Hillary Duff didn't do anything until she finally got out of that contract. Well, she did. She did like one she did or one two album albums. that nobody cared about, and then yeah. they did another. She, you could tell the album that she didn't was the first like one she Jonas did without Brothers. Disney, yeah. because that was the one where like every. Every appearance that she made, she's in a shorter skirt. She's yeah. in fishnet stockings. She's got all of them are about. I want to meet you at the hotel, and you know, mm-mm. find my Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> oh, God, uh, she, she's the one rowing in the boat. <laughs> no, he's wanting to find her Lizzie McGuire. Uh, let's do. Yeah, that's Marvel. okay. That isn't Marvel? That's creepy. That's very creepy. creepy. Oh, we're gonna all talk about Inhumans now. All of, no, we're not talking about Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> you know why we're not talking about humans? Because nobody's talking about humans. Uh, Fox's upcoming... <laughs> I love the way this article put it as the Deadpool spinoff film. Uh, X-Force has a new director. According to reports, Drew Goddard has been hired to helm the project featuring Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, Josh Brolin's Cable, and likely Zazie Beetz' uh, Domino from the upcoming Deadpool 2. Goddard directed Cabin in the Woods as well as parts of Netflix's Daredevil and the most recent Defenders series. Interesting point, Goddard was attached to Sony's Sinister Six film before that project was canceled. One Spider-Man Homecoming was put out. I do love that it says it's a Deadpool spinoff film when Deadpool came out of, well, he came out of New Mutants, but right. yeah, yeah. that idea. Um, I forgot they were doing this. <sighs> Did you? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember they announced so it and then it went away. Deadpool 2 with Cable. And yeah. Then well, yeah, they talked about it. About then they it. said that they were going well, remember to remember when they announced there. X-Force because, you know, Rob Liefeld's Twitter was like, I created something they were making a movie out of. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mountain Dew. Hat backwards, slam a do, Jordash. Uh, we love you, he, Rob. Do you think he uh, loves or wears LA gear shoes, tennis shoes? Let's find out next time we go to a con. We can, <laughs> we can ask him. Are you still wearing LA gear? What? Are you still wearing La gear? La gear. Uh, La gear. JS JS La gear. JS La Oh, it was so good when JS Shagir and JS. Oh, what was the other guy's name? I can't remember. There was another goalie in both were JS. Yeah, Whoa. there was a goalie that was in that was on LA. He was the backup, and then JS Jaguar was for the Ducks. And so, Geronimo and I called Jaguar JS Jabich, <laughs> and we called the other goalie JS Jabich. Eh, bitch is fine. They yeah. use bitch on normal TV. Okay, I think they use bitch in the Spider-Man cartoon. Dude, oh my god, they did. No, no. Preacher got away with the f bomb. Yeah. yeah, AMC isn't isn't FX is like that too. Those I was sitting there. Those cable like, channels are those cable channels are not standard. So then why well, no, aren't but they they're letting... not beholden to the FCC. Yeah. Okay, then why aren't they letting Negan get away with it? Because, because... you can only go so far <laughs> when Negan. They would be. That's like every it's other all word. internal. Well, it, it's all based. You already it, have a show. You have a show that's already being watched by children. Yeah. So if you put that show out in which he just puts f f f f f f f f f f and then somebody's eye explodes, like that's Atlanta. I mean, which is it's all in the context of the show. Same thing with Snowfall. There's a, there's a show called Snowfall? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it on 24 hours a day on FX? Depends on... <laughs> no, it depends subject. on what time you turn it on. on the subject Which matter. is 24 hours a day. Oh, that was sarcasm. Always on. Oh, God. So much Snowfall. Uh, but yeah, that's they're what, not that's holding what they the say FCC. In Maine, so. yeah. But the F1, will X-Force be R-rated? It has to be. If it's, it if to it's be, gonna be a If it's going to be a Deadpool, Deadpool spinoff. Was. And Deadpool 2 will be. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be... Yeah. So if you're doing... That's the only thing Fox is going to make now is R-rated. Yeah, John It'd be interesting to see after Deadpool 2 what the story for X-Force would be. Because I'd love to see Deadpool be sort of the bad guy. And Cable puts the team together to go after him. 
Because then, like, who else do you put on that team? I don't think you use – I think you use more of the original Phantom X-Force X. team. Well, you can't – you could use Phantom <clears throat> X, but you can't use X-23 because you've already established her in the X-Men universe uh, Yeah. On. Well, you're not doing that story because Cable's not a part of that story. Well, right. I mean, it's not a specific story anyway. You can put as many char- different characters as you, as you want. The first X-Men team is – Phantom X would be awesome in it. Is Storm and Gene and – I, uh, I think they're the not going to go for that. Well, you're not going to have Wolverine in it either. You're going to have no. That's what I mean. The more recent X Force. Well, I didn't think you're doing the more recent X Force. I think you're doing. I think you may use well, the characters um, that you use in the original X Force. You're not doing Yost run in X Force. No, no, no. You're doing you're doing the original Fabian the Sea run in terms of a lineup. Yeah, you could see something like someone along the lines of Shatterstar, someone along the lines of Feral. Hepzibah. Come on. How late was that? It's a. It, I don't remember. Brian Woods run? <laughs> no, X? Just, I, it was I can't remember what the X-Force team was in Or directly after Yost. Well, they do uh, uh Oh, shoot. Because it was during one of the X-Men X run, X who, uh, who, was, who was the one that did that did Ecstatic that became... Or what? Ecstatics that became... Yeah, no. Who, it was, oh, Peter Milligan, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Milligan. You can, that, do, you can put Psylocke there and just redo Psylocke. You put Dupe in there? Yeah, let's do Dupe. <laughs> dupe. dupe would be awesome. I want, I want, I want Cable, Deadpool, Domino, Duke, Pop. and Shatterstar. That's the team I want. That's the team I want right there. No, you, you put Puck Ooh, in there. We need Mojo in there. Mojo would be an interesting bad guy, especially if you use, if you do Shatterstar. Or no, yeah, I no, yeah, I would okay. do Mojo as the bad guy. I don't think I they will awesome. because it's such a bizarre concept. Yeah, I mean well, it's, it's already it's Deadpool. Way out, no, Mo- Mojo is a. No, I mean, Deadpool, if you go off the Deadpool movie, it's already way out there. That's not a weird concept, though. No. We're talking about a world that's based off of TV ratings. It's a huge well. satirical thing. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. It's it's such a high-concept satire that I don't think they would make a movie with it. Mojo is Trump. Mojo. Or Trump oh. is Mojo. <laughs> oh. I got to read X. It could work, but... I don't, need yeah. that I don't want to see it. I would never want to see a whole movie with... Uh, we have the best TV ratings. Uh, the best ever. We have the best hurricanes. Nobody does hurricanes like America. <laughs> hurricanes have gotten so much better and so much bigger since I've been there. I want to tell everyone in Florida, shoot at the oh. hurricane. Cabin in the Woods was good, so. Shoot at the hurricane. Wasn't, wasn't that, that done a couple of times? I'm like, they have to have a public service announcement in Florida telling people to not shoot <laughs> at the hurricane. Because <laughs> as the bullet loses energy, it'll get caught to come back at you. <laughs> What's up, Florida? <laughs> oh. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm not sure about it either, Alexa. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, see, Alexa can't even figure Alexa's out what's going like, on what, Florida? Florida? That's, that's screwed up. What did I say that would wake up Alexa? I don't know. It's bizarre. <laughs> you were talking about Florida and she just was dumbfounded. Maybe, yeah. Uh, the world's largest toy retailer could be in trouble. Reports are it may file for bankruptcy protection as it struggles against larger rivals such as Amazon, Walmart, and Target. Retailers reportedly hired the law firm Kirkland and Ellis as restructuring consultants to help it renegotiate $446 million in debt due before the end of its current fiscal year. Even if Toys R Us can address the debt that's coming due this fiscal year, it still will have to deal with another $2.2 billion in debt that's due in its following year. As of last April, TRU had more than $5 billion in long-term debt. Most of the, the TRU's current woes can be traced to the $6.6 billion sale of the company in 2005 to a group of investors. 
Uh, adding that other chains have experienced the same problem. Officials at Kirkland Ellis, KKR, Bain, Verdotter, though, blah, 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 has not really <laughs> not responded to requests for comment. I wrote this big, huge thing. I know. You're so interested. Um, no, it was uh, as a result of the billions in debt, Toys R Us wasn't able to make the investments it needed to compete with its rivals in areas such as online sales. And Toys R Us has struggled to boost web sales since then. I wanted to get to that because that seems to be part of the reason that they haven't been able to grow. TRU's website is nothing like Target. Have you ever been to it? It's horrible. Yeah. It's it's very difficult to navigate. And they didn't make the same deals that Toys R Us did with – Toys R Us had to make the deal with Amazon, didn't they? Yes. Where Amazon is actually their fulfillment service. Um, yes, that's for right. For some of their stuff. So they don't have their own thing. So that's losing money because you have to pay Amazon for all that type of stuff. Well, I, I knew they were in debt. Five billion dollars. <laughs> Disney will buy them. Stagnant. Disney's not going to buy a retailer. <laughs> The hope the the article that I read had more of the they're trying to figure out how if they can sell the company to someone who's willing to take on that debt. That maybe somebody that can restructure it. If they can't, then they have to file for bankruptcy protection, which would allow them to restructure their debt. But it would mean more than likely lots of stores closing. Well, you'd close it the babies mean, R Us first. Well, most of the babies R Us is already closed. Yeah. Most of them are just the second half of almost every target is now a Babies R Us. I used to not know you like that, but now it is because that's that's the only thing that seems to be making money. But as an online company, and then people were talking about uh, Toys R Us, like, well, it's overpriced. It's overpriced. Like, the same prices as everywhere else it's for the most part. It's not massively overpriced. It's, no, it's, it's the same thing. Within 10%. The of problem it. with it is just like the problem is with a lot of other retailers that are dealing with a specific product like this is there's no product. Right. There's, yeah. not, there's not product that's interesting. There's not product that is built in a way or produced in a way that people can find it. Kids' product is doing okay for stuff that, you know, maybe like Turtles that seems to have enough out there because collectors aren't interested in it. Their Star Wars is super stagnant. Their Transformers are super stagnant because anything that's good in either of those lines is gone. Well, we talked about this Marvel's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, everything's kind of the same in terms of you can't find anything and so everyone's gone online now and you have specialty retailers online like entertainment earth like brian's toys like uh, uh i can't think of the other one i was thinking of that are pre-selling cases because they're the ones that are ordering from hasbro in right. huge bulk amounts because they have pre-sales for them where toys r us can't seem to do that this is the end of the big toy stores the funny thing is, is it's still listed as the world's largest toy retailer, and then it says, well, there's bigger companies like Target and Walmart. But the thing yeah, is, Target and Walmart – a toy. Walmart used to be the biggest toy retailer in the world. Mm -hmm. they, they, they had more toy sales than Toys R Us. And then, a few years ago, they took their toy section yeah. that was six aisles and made it three. Yeah. And they stopped getting toys. And boys went even lower. Boy toys. Yeah, boys' toys is just a half a thing. Yeah, Outside toys. of Legos, everything else changed. Yep. Target's the same thing. Target's still got that huge section, but if you notice, the sections that they have just don't have any product. But they're also half the size of a normal aisle. And it's also the fact that Target and Walmart can weather bad toy sales because people still have to go in to buy yes. food and toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And clothing sales. Yeah. Yeah, they have other things. It's not just selling toys. Yeah. Well, it's just like KB. KB went by KB by went up. Everybody else went. Did you, did you guys ever have Children's Palace out here? Nope. Yes. We did? Yep. When did we have Children's they Palace? Were, Children's Palace was the first really big one before Toys R Us. I don't remember being like, oh, maybe not Palace. I'm thinking Children's Place, the clothing store. Oh, no, 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 no. Children's Palace. Children's Palace. It was, it was a Toys R Us before there was Toys R Us on the East Coast. Yeah. And 
you'd walk in, and then of course this was seventies, you know, late seventies, early eighties. How old are you? <laughs> 106. Where you'd walk in and, you know, toy aisles were the whole length of the store. You know, and it's like you could fit a Toys R Us in the size in, in one of these things. And most kids wanted and, to buy toys too and play but, with them. Well, that the was pegs the were That's always stacked and you had you had toys going all the way to the and roof. Boxes and boxes of stuff because you could produce it. Once, yeah. once plastic became so expensive, toys became so expensive. Right. The, the, the rate, this is like comic books because of paper sales and in addition to creator salaries going so high if if you take the price of uh there was a guy who did a study of this it, used, it was on um uh all around comics like the podcast a couple of years ago if you took the price of amazing fantasy 15 and use that as as the start and you followed basic inflation comics today should be something like a dollar 87 and of course they're 399 and part of it the two reasons is one paper costs skyrocketed Right. After the sustainable forest initiatives, you can't just cut down whatever you want. And two is creator salary skyrocketed. The the, cre- the basic creator salary has outstripped inflation by hundreds of percentages. Yeah. So in order to do both of those, and the fact now that there's huge companies that produce these, it's not you know ten people in a in a in a, in a floor of an office building in in New York. It's an entire office building that makes these kind of things. The price goes up to three ninety nine or four ninety nine or five ninety nine or whatever Marvel decides. Hey, we're gonna make a twenty page book forty five dollars. Um, Action figures back then were like a dollar twenty five. Yeah, for five point articulation. <laughs> and then mm. when the Joes came around with the with the Kung Fu grip, I think they went up to like a dollar seventy five to a dollar ninety nine. They were something like a dollar ninety nine or two. Out here, I think they were two ninety nine. When they had the swivel arm, when the second series, yeah. it was like two ninety nine. Because you could, I seem to remember, you could get three Joes for under ten bucks. I mean, you could buy vehicles less than twenty bucks, like an X, no, an X wing or something. Oh, like the larger, the three and three quarter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of what. It was crazy. I mean, but well, and, would, yeah. you know, and we we've talked about this before with you know figures when they didn't release wave after wave after wave during a year. You released, you know, I think you had like two well, you quarters, had a, two quarters throughout the year where they released it. GI Joe was once a year. It came out in, in late winter, early fall, early fall, sorry, uh, early early spring, and it was out for the entire year. I remember when you, you had a bigger wave though too, wasn't there? Yes, more figures yes. There's in the twenty wave? figures yeah. and thirty, ve- you know, or twenty vehicles. Yeah. Or you, you'd get that new wave, you know, and you'd see the back of the card and you yeah. see all those figures, or you'd get the um, the new vehicle and you open up and it's got the uh, well, that was the, the pamphlet. Other, yeah, it would be had the figures would all come out. out at one time, and then some of the smaller vehicles would come out yeah. early, and then in the summer. The bigger stuff would because it took longer to produce. Yeah, yeah. So you always bought. I remember like trying to track down that that stupid recon sled in like the fifth year or whatever, just to get the booklet that showed you the rest of it. This is all pre-internet, guys. I know. The, the, there's no Hascon at the oh, time. You were supposed to be at Hascon. You I said was you were going to be back to east this, this weekend. weekend. I was supposed to be there. It's a long oh, story. Yeah. <sighs> Brother, US, USS Flag's original retail price. Do you remember what it was? Original retail price. I want to say it was like. A hundred. One oh nine ninety nine. Yeah. It's, it's MSRP was one oh nine. That was like the highest price ever that came At, out. W- yeah. One oh nine nine eight nine one oh nine ninety nine. I'm trying to think, what's a hundred Lego sets that are hundred and ten dollars now? Um The uh the Ad Act. The Ad Act's hundred and ten. The, no, the, the, the 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 motorized Ad Act. The, ad, yeah. the, the ad ad one Ad Act was like two hundred, wasn't it? The yeah. Imperial Shuttle it was one seventy or something. Like hundred and ten at Toys R Us. It's 100 at uh, Target. The Lego one? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the new the yeah the new Star Destroyer I think is one hundred and ten. Well, the new Millennium Falcon's eight hundred. <laughs> well, that's that's different. Yeah, I know. No, but uh, you, you, the cool thing about the pamphlet was, so you, you'd be going through it, right? And you'd see all the stuff that they'd have, like, the stuff that had just come out, yeah. and then the stuff that was coming out, and then, you know, that was in this new wave. Then you'd see the stuff that was going to be in the future, and they'd always have a black silhouette over yeah. it. So you'd be sitting there well, trying. Star Wars had that on the back. The Star Wars had that. Star no. Wars had it. Joe, I don't think Joe ever it had it. It becomes your checklist In the pamphlet, anyway, they so. had a couple of them. There were, I never saw a pamphlet with a blackout. Really? I think Everything the Warthog was, was like that. Or the... There was a couple of them, I think, but you'd always you'd be yeah. sitting there trying to figure out what that one was because, like, I remember the the uh, the Je- the Return of the Jedi sand skiff was blocked out, but they did it where they just colored over it so you could still see the shape. Mm. You know, it would have like the figure sticking up so that way it would yeah. give it a weird design. I mean, it's like in previews when Diamond Select Toys has yeah. figures blocked yeah. down. You're like, okay, well, that sure looks like movie. the Hulk to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like the whole What was the Terradrome's original Dragon. retail price? Eighty? Forty-four ninety-nine. Really? The Terradrome's listed at forty-four ninety-nine. Jesus. That thing is huge. You can't even get that now. <laughs> the, the hell, I think the isn't the the sand skip no, uh Kylo's TIE Fighter that has nothing. Yeah. Is like forty bucks. Yeah. Well, the A-wing that has the one figure is like twenty-five, I think. Is it? it? I thought it was more than that. Is it thirty? Maybe I that think so. Thirty. And then the 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 because I thought that was skimmer the 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 speeder or whatever the skimmer or whatever that thing is. Yeah. Is that ski. maybe that's twenty? Because yeah. I was looking at that today and because I, I thought it was the uh, page character, but it's another female. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a different pilot that's in the A-wing. Yeah. The only reason, well, not the only reason. <laughs> the I get Resistance the got a like bunch of female pilots all of a sudden. I think that's where episode nine is going because they're going to do why the last man. Yeah, so it's going to be flipped. It's going to be X the last. Uh, yeah, why the last man? So it's going to be all females. Because you know when you look at episode four, the whole squad men. It's just men. men, men but then you look at Rogue One, half of them are women. So apparently they all got killed of the Battle of Scarif in order for because even even when you look at or they were made forty five years apart. Because <laughs> even you look at Empire, those are all men too. Min, min, min. Well, that was Don't Ask, Don't Tell. <laughs> it's the Empire. There, for the yeah. longest time, Leia was the only female. <laughs> well, that uh, and, really, the, and the, the Ion Cannon Operator. Yeah. They were the only two females in the entire rebellion. They were like Smurfette. <laughs> and then you got to Mon Mothma. Then. Yeah, and they're like, oh, wait, the leader of this is women. She but she's got a boy haircut. She, so. she, she just doesn't like hiring, she doesn't like hiring women. <laughs> well, thank God Fred Rogan's doing another year of this crap. <laughs> Love Fred. He's fantastic. Uh, his hair go gray. He's orange and his hair's gray. Yeah, it looks really odd. Tips. <laughs> Petros needs some new shoes. People are going. What are? Petros? Yeah. Cool. Lost a little weight. We yeah, had too long ago. Speaking of listeners, we had some really listeners like in South Planet. I yes. might as well be. I mean, there were some countries on there I've never heard of before. Like Robots. What? Uh, I'd have to look at England? it. Sierra, Sierra Gorda. <laughs> Ireland. England. France. France. <laughs> Sri Lanka. That's not real. <laughs> New Line of Warner Brothers adaptation of Stephen King's novel is officially shattering box office records during its opening weekend. Horror films should make nearly $118 million. Far surpassing, far surpassing earlier expectations. That would give it... Ugh. It Boo. well, that's it's the only way to yeah. say it. it's a weird <laughs> thing. Like reading it, it's like that would give it the third largest. They would give the movie it 
The third largest opening weekend of 2017, about even with Spider-Man's Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, which made 117 million. Only Beauty and the Beast and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two earned more this year. It has to be the highest grossing September movie by far. Uh, that's what uh, 7.2 million of its domestic gross are coming from 377 IMAX screens. Uh, it's crushing the record for largest September debut set by Hotels Transylvania 2 in 2015 with 48.5 million dollars. Almost doubles it. Biggest opening weekend banked by a horror film or supernatural film. Uh, Paranormal Activity 3 earned $52.5 million in 2011. When it comes to R-rated movie launches, it falls only to Deadpool, which changed the game in 2016 with a massive $132.4 million opening weekend. It's also worth pointing out, during a weekend where Hurricane Irma threatened huge portions of Florida and Georgia, attendance was way down as in non-existent, which could have actually added another 5% to the total. You've seen it, yeah. Mikey. You liked it. I haven't I seen it. it yet. It was enjoyable. Did. It was packed house, so I mean, every single showing of it was filled with people. All the kids. See, the, the reason they make the clowns thing, less There's creepy. more kids now, like under the age of 17, that are going to horror movies than back in the day where, where parents you had cared. to sneak in. Where parents cared. Well, parents really didn't care then either, but now the parents no, they cared are then. going with This is what's kids. wrong with this country. That's why we need <laughs> Trump. His parents don't care about going to see Parents it. just don't understand. Like oh, I God. saw a mom bring in... Her daughter and her friends, or whatever, to see it. So, and I she told, and she told the girls or behind me that were talking throughout the movie to shut up. They got told shut up twice, oh and they still yeah. kept talking the it's entire a, movie. Oh my God, he's a clown. Well, I took Arabella to see Logan. So. A clown. I mean, yeah. That's not scary. Kids are going to this, see. Ari take Arabella to see this movie. There's a difference between an action film and a horror. I would movie. love to take Arabella to see, it, but because of her mom's. Almost a terrification. Wow. <laughs> because her mom's yeah, terrified. So if Chucky's in a you clown, don't have to take if in clown makeup, does with a red balloon, have, she's does done. The, the wife does have a stroke. Yeah, it's just yeah. done. She, All right, now we know what she to do turns into a puddle on the. If he's got Freddy clog, claws on too, there we go. Just a puddle Let's on the go floor. Go get a Chucky it's doll. A horror amalgamation of. Horror <laughs> horror so we, we take we take a Chucky doll. We put clown makeup on it. We put the glove and we hide it in one of these cabinets. <sighs> I could do that. I'll be That's that for Halloween. <laughs> Just get the good guy doll uniform. She will just costume. We do all you do is go and get a my get buddy and it'll freak her out. Well, yeah, dude, we have a my buddy. My buddy. <laughs> get my cabbage. Patch. My brother my had a my buddy. My yeah, and then uh, my, my sister, buddy. I care about his buddy Lee. My sister had the little sister. <laughs> They're the creepiest little doll. Little sister, little si- that's like it's called my buddy, and then the other one's just called little, little sister. Little sister, I know. Women can be buddies. Come on, yeah. So what else you got for us? That was it for our news portion. You wanted uh, 10 2017. I did comic collections you need in your library so far. Because uh, with Marvel tanking, I'm like, I don't even know if there's 10 ongoings I could think of. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of 10 ongoings too. I, like, I, don't, I don't think I'm getting 10, 10 ongoings that aren't... Uh, you don't have any Star Wars on here. I'm surprised. There's been nothing collected in 2017 that I would say you have to go get. You don't Later think so, Poe? No. Not versus this. What about uh, Dr. Uh, Afra? Dr. Afra's collection was released last year. Was it? Yep. The second collection hasn't come out yet. How's Phasma doing? Fine. We need to figure out how your file's doing. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't get something soon, i got to close you next week. Um, wah, wah. So what I put through, I put uh, for Rebirth, I put Detective Comics Volume 1, Rise of the Batman. 
and Superman Volume 1, Sin of Superman. These are the two best Rebirth titles, I think, by far. Um, all the volumes are good, but these are great starts, especially Son of Superman. Uh, Tomasi and Gleason's just amazing reimagining of a old imagining of Clark and his family. Uh, I put in Copperhead Volume 3 because I got that last week and I blew through it. Feels just like Copperhead 1 and 2. There's a different artist for it, so I was like, eh. But it continues the same thing. If you don't have Copperhead, go get it. Go get Volume 1 and 2. No Saga on here? No. Um, saga? No, it's because he doesn't read it. But it's also he doesn't read it. It's also Saga seems to be the same to me. Like, I enjoy it. I haven't had anyone say this volume is better than the other volumes. That's the thing. It's like, what's there that you're like, oh my right. god, you have to go through. Well, Copperhead then isn't too much different than the other two. If you no, but it's good. Reasoning. Okay, yeah. See, so you like. <laughs> so it. this is your personal <laughs> choice. You told me to do the ten. <laughs> uh, okay. Extremity Volume One. The artist. It's uh, David Sean Johnson's new book. Gorgeous. Just really cool looking. It's a. Sci-fi kind of post-apocalyptic kind of world. It's this group of. Um, I think I picked it up and flipped through it. I don't really remember it though. I really liked it. It was it was fantastic. She's a. It's this tribe that's basically you know you have the evil overlords or what have you, and um, she gets punished for not having whatever uh, tribute, and she has her mm-hmm. hand cut off. She's an artist, and so. That's why it's called the artist. But she, as she gets older, she turns into this freedom fighter that has to go to her brother, stuff like that. Hmm. Really good. Oh, gee, see, uh, this explains why the next one's on here too. Number five is actually a cheat because the hardcover edition isn't out yet. Uh, TMNT Usagi Yojimbo hardcover. It's Stan Sakai doing turtles. Yeah, I, I mean that's you haven't had him do a turtle story in a long, long time, and it's accessible to people that aren't following Usagi, and that's why I put it in there. Right. The, t- the turtles that are in it are the turtles that you would, you know, kind of take turtles from any of their incarnations. They're kind of the same characters. They're a little harder in the Mirage series. They're a little goofier in the Archie series. But those personalities are known to a ma- major audience. Usagi isn't. Yeah. Of course, he's in the cartoon. I saw the toy for him with the, with the horse. Oh, mm-hmm. I have to get that. Uh, I thought that was a really good – it's a really good um, – <clears throat> A way to introduce yourself to something like Usagi. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a single story. It was released as a single oversized issue. <clears throat> the hardcover has all of the background work from Sakai. So it has his sketches, has alternate covers, all this other stuff. So it's a great collection to pick up. And it's not very expensive. Uh, the only Marvel book I put on here, I think, right? What did I do for 10? They don't do? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, was Nick Fury. The new series, Straight Paperback Volume 1, Deep Cover Capers, worth it for Echo's art alone. Mm-hmm. It's very Storenko-ish, but still has a a different blend to it, but it's obviously influenced by... It has nothing to do with all the other crap that's going on in Marvel. It's a very straightforward story. It's the new Nick Fury. It's Nick Fury Jr., who's the movie Nick Fury. Um, it's the first story I've been able to read of his, except for Secret Warriors that Nick Spencer did, that I actually enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's You can read it and then go back and just look at every page and just look at all the art on it and rip through it. Uh, number seven is Dark Horse's Book of Horror. This is a hardcover that just released last month. It's the collection of the four one-shots that a uh, collection of short stories that Dark Horse did. It's the Book of Monsters, Book of Ghosts, Book of... Oh, oh, shoot. I don't remember what the four of them are. Anyway, it's all like scary kind of crazy stories, and they're all in that theme. There's Mike Magnolia does a story like in each one. Colleen Duran does a story in each of them. Jill Thompson does a story in each of them. There's some prose pieces in there. It was something that I kind of put on the list, and I thought, ah, it's kind of a throwaway. 
it's amazing. It's really, really, really well done. Um, there's stories in there that are a lot of fun and kind of goofy. There's stories in there that are genuinely scary. There's stories in there that are really emotional that'll hit you as well. Um, terms and conditions, a graphic novel. This was something I found at Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's kind of a novelty item, but it's very weird. It's a comics adaptation of the iTunes, iTunes terms and condition agreement. So it's a South Park episode. Yeah. Um, but the creator, R. Sikorak, uh, he uses that as a start to do all these different panels as different homages, styles of other artists. It's the, the stick of the story is it's Steve Jobs reciting the terms and conditions agreement verbatim. And so each panel, one of them's done like Todd McFarlane, one of them's done like Harvey Picar, one of them's done like uh, Todd, uh, 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 Jim so Lee. Each one term of and condition is done by different exactly. artists. Exactly. Okay. But it's one guy doing aping their styles. Yeah. It's bizarre, but it's so good. If you're Maybe a comic the only book way fan, people would read it. But that's the thing. That's, that's the a, whole point of it. It's a good idea. It's, it's like in, in a different way. It's when they did the 9 11 Commission. They did yeah. it as a graphic novel. And one of the reasons that they did it was because people were not going to read this 3,000 page document. It was a way to break it down, right. much as the Army did in World War II. And in in Korea, where their training manuals were were illustrated by artists, yeah, to get you to that was the easy way to follow it. Um, it's I, f- just flipping through it. If you're a comic book fan, it's fun to go through and go. That's he's doing McFarlane. He's doing uh, just trying uh, to Akuna, yeah, trying to pick out which artist. And, is which. and that's the thing is like the art in it is amazing. And then mm-hmm. if you read it, it, the bizarre part of it, is the art of it is so incredible. But all you're reading is, you know, you can't do this with your <laughs> iTunes account and stuff like that. So you, you kind of chuckle at every page. Like, I'm reading the iTunes. What the heck am I doing? Um, very, very bizarre. And definitely one I wanted to point out. Uh, Jeff Lemire's latest, Roughneck. Um, Jeff Lemire is one of those guys that just he, all of his uh, creator-owned stuff is very personal, very... Uh, and he also does great superhero stuff as well. So he's all How over the map. I don't know. It's, it's not in the script. Uh, <laughs> it's also the fact that it deals with um, uh, uh, hockey player. Ah, <laughs> it's a former hockey player. He takes refuge in an abandoned hunting lodge with his sister, uh, and the sister is being pursued by an abusive ex. And it's just the Lemaire stuff that has all the dialogue that goes, you know, Bendis in terms of doing it in, in, in his books and superhero books where you just have pages of panel work with dialogue and it's still really fascinating. Lemire does the same thing. And for number 10, because volume two was released in 2017, Big one might've been as well, but Flintstones, the best book of last year. Yeah. Easily. Oh, that book is amazing. It's satire is absolutely incredible. And it's definitely a book. Unfortunately, it's only 12 issues. I think Volume 2 isn't out yet. Volume, Yeah, Volume 1, I think, was released in January. And so Volume 2 is coming soon because the last issue, um, we still get Scooby Apocalypse, but no Flintstones. So um, before you get to this last thing, I, I keep getting asked on Facebook about which Star Wars books to read. Like, if you, the top five books, novels. Like, of the new, of the new... Oh, the new canon? The new canon. except Apocalypse. Um... If, if I had to pick five... In which be, order? Oof. Well, I'd read them in publishing order of the five... That's, what I, that's Tarkin, what I tried to say. Tarkin, Thrawn... We said Heir to the Jedi wasn't that great. Heir to the Jedi. Heir to the Jedi is okay. It's not as bad as people said it was. Or was the... Dawn is... Dark Lords of the Sith was yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible. It, its writing style was terrible. Yeah. And people love Kemp's earlier stuff. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm off the rocker here, but I did not like that writing style at all. 
Um, Dawn? No. Uh, I'd have Tarkin, Thrawn. Um, uh, Battlefront. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. It, uh, the, the, the Asajj book. Oh, oh Dark, Dark Disciple. Disciple. Dark Disciple would be three. Or Lost Stars. Uh, Twilight Company. Battlefront 2 would be four. Ooh. Five's tough. Because I'd say you, you really should read the Aftermath books too. Right. But that but takes that would, away that three would of be, them. That would be yeah. one, I would say. Because it's a trilogy. Yeah, well, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I, even then, I wouldn't put them in there because I'll be completely on. If, if it's just my personal opinion, would be Rebel Rising, be the Generoso book. That book is fantastic. Yeah, and it's really, it's an era I'm more interested in, I guess, to a certain degree, because it takes place. Probably. What about Ahsoka? Ahsoka wasn't bad, but Rebel Rising is much better than Ahsoka. Um, you didn't, you didn't like Bloodline at all. No, I like oh, Bloodline. You didn't like. I mean, you didn't hate Blood, it. No, Blood. You got to get past the first third of Bloodline, yes. and then it's amazing. Yes, because well, Bloodline, Bloodline is super fascinating. No, it wasn't that I didn't like it. Bloodline for Aftermath is is the kind of the same fascinating thing where you're figuring out how the galaxy works between seven or six and seven. Right. That stuff is is really fascinating to me. So no, Bloodline's good. The only one I think I was severely disappointed in was Dark Lords of the Sith, and yeah. that was mostly because of the the writing style. Air yeah. the Jedi is okay. I enjoyed Chuck Wendig's. Uh, trilogy it's in first person get over it um the uh, after you get the first book is it's not that good but the second and the third first are no, the really first good. third but yeah the first book is fine and the first book saves itself because of the interludes yes because the final interlude in the first book has the the quote that i pulled from it of the idea of what the republic was trying to do it's the most powerful thing that wendig wrote um I want a book. I want a book of just the interlude. Just the interlude. When yeah. uh, when I talked to Ricky yesterday or Friday at at work, we were talking about aftermath. He said when he, when he got to the second and the third one, he read the story first and then he went back and read the interludes on mm. their own. Oh, because he said the interludes don't have to do with the story. Yeah. So right. that way he connected himself to the story and then he read the interludes. Well, they don't really. I mean, it depends on where it is. There's one or two. That most don't, of them you don't. don't you do. don't have to read any of the interludes yeah. to get the story. There's nothing. No, in the but there there are a couple interludes that may have something to do with it. Yes. Then he went back and read the things. I just want to read the interludes. I just want to sit and read the interludes there. But no, my five would be, and then read them however they were they were produced. Tarkin, Thrawn, Dark Disciple, uh, Dark Disciple, um, uh, Battlefront Two. You said you said Twilight Squad, but Twi- it's Twilight Inferno. Company, Inferno Squad, yeah. Not the Twilight's the first one. Inferno's the first one. Is the second. The first one would probably be six, but that again is a per- and Rebel Rising would be five. The the first Battlefront book is awesome, also because again it deals with the the timeline I like, yeah. and it deals with the soldiers of the rebellion, and I think it's written really well. The um, second one is just where you take these characters that you know are fighting on the you forget halfway yes, through who you but you don't. I mean that's she's Christy Golden has two books in my top five. And both of the books are, you go to Christy Golden, you say, we have an idea. And, or in the case of Dark Disciple, this story has already been written. Right. In terms of episodes that we were supposed to do. We're giving it to you. You need to flesh it out and make it real. And that book has as much emotional weight, if not more, of any of the books in the new canon. That book is amazing. Inferno Squad is, we created these characters. And they have these personality traits. You have to come up with a story that makes sense. This is like Karen Travis's Republic Commando in a sense, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. The Republic Commando in terms of what they were in the game 
I don't think had the same types of personalities. No, they that didn't. They, yeah, but these they, you don't really have characters. you don't have pers- really have personalities in the game yeah. too much. The, the Inferno Squad they wrote a bio for these three characters. Yeah, and because they're they're played by actors and actresses or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. so they have a certain look and all these things. And they handed it to Christy Golden and said, "You need to make a story that that makes somebody care about these characters. Yeah. And you'll care about characters who end up being the bad guys. They who start the as the guys? bad guys oh. and they end as the bad guys. And, and it's just everything through it." It's fascinating, and it was I like I said I read it in two days. It but was you, it's not it's not the thing where you feel sorry for them for being bad guys, or they're they're the justified bad guys. Yeah. They they have a job to she do. She does a very good job of explaining motivations. Yes. within something that you know is wrong, and there's a certain degree to that in Tarkin, Thrawn. You have characters you care about who ultimately are on the side of are on the wrong side. Boy, it seems like the there are. There's a lot more. Almost, every, I I think I said this to you. There are a ton of titles that are written from the Empire. Yeah, well, even Dark Disciples written from a Tarkin a, is the Empire. Seth. Thrawn is the Empire. Inferno is the Empire. Lost Stars is both sides, but her story goes through the Empire. Yeah. Um, Even aftermath is both. Dark, no, dark, dark lords of the Sith is from the Empire. Well, no, the well, fr- the first and the third. And that's the... about it. No, no, you're following. You're following the. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> are, you, are, you are. You are. You are. You are. It's not. But I'm talking about where you're your following. Your protagonists about. are Imperials or First Order, and now you have Phasma. Yeah. You now have well, Phasma's tough because the way Phasma's written it's a, not in the book well yeah phasma is really. not the main character of her own book in a way i mean it's it's her story it's but her it's story not, yeah. but yeah the plot line doesn't involve her but yeah you, you're but you're out. right i mean you, you i mean you have you have thrown yeah i mean uh, three of my top five are from from the the, the empire's point of view yeah and then the other two are rubble rising and and dark disciple because even lords of the sith is, is lords of the sith is is all from your main characters are darth vader and the emperor yeah Cham's rebellion is a, is a, is their their antagonist, right? They're they're the protagonist of the book. It's weird. Those, those would those would be my five, and then Battlefront Twilight would be six. But it's really weird that most of the novels that have been out, not taken most, away from taken away from the young the young reader ones, even with the young reader one, most of them have been written. One of the three young reader titles is told. Well, half of it is told from the imperial point of view. And don't throw away the. I mean, one of my top five is a young reader's book. Right. All three of those young reader books are very good. Lost Stars is fascinating. Claudia Gray, who um, wrote oh, what? Did, she wrote Bloodline as well. Yes. And she wrote Lost Stars, and then she wrote the new Leia book too. Um, Lost Stars is it's not as heavy handed in terms of like it doesn't. She doesn't describe everything to the latest detail or whatever. It's just two people that grew up on this planet that go to separate sides. Yeah. Um, they both start in the Imperial Academy and then they kind of flip, but it, it very much, she explores why you're, you're choosing to do what you do. And it's a fantastic book. I, I'm interested to read Leia. Cause I like how she wrote her in bloodline. I thought Leia was very yeah. fascinating in that book. But, and, and I, I never thought bloodline was a bad book. Both Melissa and I had the same thing where it's, we had to get through that first. Third it takes it. you a while to get, cause, cause Beth, Beth started reading it. She put it down. She goes, this is hard to get through. This is slow. I said, get past, once you get past, X point, but the your, the first third is actually really fascinating because it starts to explain how the New Republic works, right? Which is what I've always been interested in. How does this New Republic work in comparison to the EU New Republic, which was fairly smooth in terms of 
you know, the New Republic had an army and they yeah. worked well with the Jedi and da 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 da. And here but there's a lot of there's a, there's two factions of of you know there's the centrists and the populists. There's and the a Jedi lot don't of exist and all of this type of stuff. Republican and, and Democrats and you know, a little bit, yeah. And but there's also the, the the other senator is a fascinating character. Yes, he is. Your plot line, the the, the plot doesn't have really a resolution in a way. It does for the characters. But yeah, but his like, his arc is really interesting. That's what I know. That's what I mean. The characters have a plot line, but it's not like she's discovered the bad guy and then they stop them. Right. You know, that's it. There's, there isn't an ending there because you know you have to get to episode seven. The other thing is you really forget and you really, I guess you really don't think about it because the way Luke deals with Vader being his father is very different how Leia deals yeah. with it. And it's very different than the way they did it in the EU. Yes. Oh, yeah. So those, those would be my five. Okay. That would be it. You want to wrap up? You, uh, you got one more thing? Oh, yeah, we've got one more thing because we're going to end on the down note. Uh, we always end on the down note. When we have a... The down when we have a uh, no, we usually end with all of us just kind of going off on weird rift and then Ethan says something and I'm laughing <laughs> while you try to give out all the information. Yes, but when we, when we have a passing, we usually go out and have a down note. You know, you try to do it at the beginning. I'm like, yeah, let's start the show by breaking <laughs> everybody's heart. Uh, we do end the show on a down note. We wanted to acknowledge the passing of comic legend Len Wein, who passed away today at age of 69. Cause of death has not been revealed as of yet, but Wayne has detailed health issues regarding back and foot issues for the past couple of months. He even had surgery last Thursday. Wayne wrote Hulk 181, which introduced Wolverine with Herb Trumpe doing the art, and wrote Giant Size X-Men with uh, Dave Cockburn doing the art, which introduced a new international X-Team and led to the run that Chris Claremont started, which then exploded into one of the most popular books of all time. For DC, Wayne teamed with artist Bernie Wrightson to introduce Swamp Thing into DC Comics. And he later edited Alan Moore's run of the character, which is always sort of a... Everybody remembers the Moore run. Everyone kind of forgets that Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson did that first one. I mean, not everybody, but right. Moore's run is the one that's celebrated. Uh, Wein was also the editor of Alan Moore's Groundbreaking Watchmen series as well. Uh, going through Twitter, there isn't a single person... And not that anyone would come out and say, boy, that guy was an a-hole. Um, but just almost every comic creator talking about a guy who's a legend that doesn't get a lot of, of press for being so. A lot of his creations are in the late 70s, early 80s. But more importantly, is a lot of people are talking about the fact that of what he was as an editor. It's like when Archie Goodwin passed away. Where Archie Goodwin was a great editor, and he was a better person. And everyone's <coughs> kind of said that about Len Wein, too. You have a guy he, who's a great creator who's also a better person. Wasn't he one that was, that was instrumental in getting yeah. Watchmen and some of those other more movie, uh, books made into films? I don't know if he had the film part of it because obviously Alan Moore didn't care um, one way or the other. He just didn't want any part of it. I don't know that he really was attached to it much afterwards. I think more importantly in terms of being the editor for Watchmen was allowing Moore and Gibbon, Dave Gibbons to do what they wanted to do. Maybe it was Gibbons. That and was, probably yeah. DC. Well, Dave Gibbons had to sign off on it because all the rights – Alan Moore gave up all of his rights to Watchmen. He put them to um, – the to uh, Alan Moore gave up all his rights to Dave Gibbons, so it was all up to Dave Gibbons whether they were going to make it or not. Yeah, so um, that would be more of that. But Wayne's important because he's editing that book. He was the one that kind of took everything and put it together and made it into something that would, you know, who knows how. <laughs> Once you see Alan Moore's later writing, you might go, <laughs> "I wonder how much he railed." He, you know, he he reined him in like, Alan, yeah. dude, seriously." He made um, it cohesive. <laughs> probably one of the last people that that really edited a book that Alan Moore was doing. I mean, when he was working for, for homage, when he was doing top 10 and 
Promethea and Tom Strong, there's an editor there, but right. I don't know how much they were really doing. Um, so, yeah. So, we lost Len Wing today. There's been a couple of guys that we've lost in the last year or so, but yeah, we, we just have. wanted to, to acknowledge it because, again, he doesn't get – you know, he's built himself as the creator of Wolverine. I've, I almost feel bad saying this because we've talked about it before, but I was like, well, the Wolverine we know, really, Chris Claremont invented. But there is something for that original creation of him. Um, and plus the fact that he did write Giant Size X-Men, so he mm-hmm. – he was the one that put Wolverine on that X-Men team. That, that Which, Chris if Claremont you haven't to. read Giant Size X-Men, that's something that people need to go out and read. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the introduction of a new team. That's the characters that you know, Colossus and Nightcrawler, Banshee, uh-huh. uh, Warpath. Was it Warpath? No, it was Thunderbird. The original was Thunderbird. Warpath right, was yes. X-Force. Ooh, Vicky. Yeah, Warpath, I was right? thinking about that when we were talking he's about a lot, He's in a lot of different things. There we go. Uh, see, we bring it all back around. Um but yes, we wanted to last up for the end. You know all of the contact information, so I'm going to let you do that. All right, so make sure you check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're also on Twitter at Nerdables Show, and we are on Instagram as Nerdables. So for Chris and Mikey, I'm R.A. saying we'll talk to you next week. Did you almost say Ethan? I almost said Ethan. <laughs> He's not even here, and we don't even realize it.